Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. And this is Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And always want to remind you to take advantage of the website and all the things we have for you. We have lots of um, study guides that you can do. We have uh, a book that's called, you know, Be Your Own Best Change Agent that really helps you to be the best version of you. So I want you to just go there and really peruse the site that we have. So I'm so glad that you're listening today. And I'm hoping that this topic will kind of, you know, spur you on to having a much better new year. And so this is called Stop Doing the Same Things Over and Over Again and Expecting to Get a Different Result. Now, I'm sure you've heard that saying so many times. And we've all heard Albert Einstein's famous line that says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to get different results. Well, there is some debate as to whether or not he actually wrote that or actually created the saying, but nevertheless, it explains very well the reason we give in to doing the same thing over and over again. And it's usually knowing we will get the same result. So I'm going to help you understand the way that your brain works and why it is so efficient at being able to help you do this. So the saying does have tremendous depth and width and breadth, but what the concept is attempting to educate us on is the idea that doing the same thing over and over again is simply the way we create habits. So your brain is committed to helping you conserve as much energy as possible. And as a result, your brain begins to create what we call a neural net. Now, you've heard me talk about this on, on different shows. And what this is, is it's simply like a superhighway in your brain. This is why habits are so hard to break, why we continue to resort to them. So a helpful analogy, it might be thinking about the similarity to our superhighway systems. Now, I researched some ways to describe the brain and how it works, and, and I'm wanting you to be in charge of your own brain because your mind is in your brain, and your mind really is asking for the help of the brain, who is the part of you that makes these things happen. So 
I don't want you to be like the drivers that are distracted, impaired, arrogant, maybe refusing to learn how to navigate our highway systems so that we're all safe. So thankfully, you know, a greater entity than ourselves has designed your brain and wants you to use it wisely. So our brains are incredibly resilient and they're able to learn and change if we will work with it and give it healthy and appropriate directives. So we'll have to do another show maybe on taking care of this amazing organ and what it does and how well it can heal if we have harmed it, misused it, maybe taken it for granted. So I found this author, her name is Sarah Gibson, and she talks a lot about this and has studied this. And what she talks about is this garbage in, garbage out. Now, I'm sure you have heard this before. But are you aware of how you affect your brain? How you used it, abuse it, take it for granted? So how does garbage in, garbage out work from a brain perspective? Well, there's been a lot of research around the concept of neuroplasticity, and I'm sure you've heard this. So neuroplasticity happens when connections are made across the neural net in our own brain. It's essentially our brain creates superhighways that it travels quickly in response to outside stimuli. What that really means is the more you think in a certain way, that creates a superhighway so the brain doesn't have to really do any work. It just makes it happen for you. It becomes an automatic thought. So many of the teams that have worked with Sarah Gibson report that really the stimuli may be a coworker you know, maybe, maybe when you think about the stimuli that you are experiencing, what if it's one of those coworkers who's irritating? And at home, maybe it's a trigger that causes you to explode when you find dishes left out in the living room for the 500th time, right? So what's interesting about this process is first that our brains create this crazy fast reaction based on our emotional responses to someone And second, that we can help shape our reactions to certain stimuli and to retrain our brains to respond differently if we'll put the effort into it. And see, many of us, you know, fall into that rut of being a lazy thinker, which means that we let our brain think for us and then we follow our brain wherever it goes. So we could be going on some long jaunt in our mind all the way back to when we were in junior high school And all of a sudden, we start to get depressed. So we have to remind ourselves that we decide where it goes. Our brain doesn't necessarily have an identity. It's doing its job. So if you've thought on a particular thought for many, many years, it's kind of etched into your brain. And it's ready to be used at any time. And it can ignite at any time. So you don't even have to work hard at getting that thought. So what's interesting about this process is that you want to think that our brains are created very, very, like a fast and crazy reactions that they have. And it's based on our emotional responses to someone. And secondly, that we can help shape our reactions to certain stimuli and we can retrain our brains to respond differently. I'm sure you've heard this with, you know, extreme athletes, you know, people that are like really intense theologians, intense, you know, physicists, and they are recognizing that they are more efficient if they're the ones choosing what they think and how to think. 
And so think about in the case of your coworkers or maybe family. So you may have a set perception as to why someone does something. Maybe they want attention. So maybe this is because this person thinks he's smarter than everyone else. So he's acting out in this way. He's spouting all kinds of, you know, individual ideas that he has or ways that he thinks the world should be. So these are our perceptions. So maybe we're getting a little bit frustrated, irritated, kind of exhausted by the person. And so we're perceiving this person as maybe arrogant or like, why does he always have to talk? Or why won't she stop talking, right? And so the perception we have of this person feeds our own opinion. And we end up looking for examples of where our responses are justified. Then you know what happens? We get the strengthening of a neurological superhighway. It strengthens that idea we have of that person. So this is why... If you've ever gone to an event, like let's say you went to a class reunion and you get there and you're kind of excited to see everyone, but as you talk with people, they start putting you back in that box that you were in when you were in high school. And you keep wanting them to see you for who you are as this grown adult, but they keep referring back to that time in life. And so those perceptions have been strengthened over the years. And it does become this super highway. And so many times you're going to be sitting there thinking, can I ever get a word in? Can I ever explain who I am currently? This happens many times in our families as well. I'm sure that you've had that experience, especially if it's around Christmas, New Year's, birthdays, whatever holiday it might be, that you go and you say to yourself, why do I even bother going? They know who they think that I am. They're not interested in finding out who I am in this part of my life. They just keep referring back to me in high school or college or when I was, you know, in sixth grade, whatever it was and how silly I was. See, they keep going back to the neural nets that are familiar to them. And they're not trying to make a new one. Like, who is this person currently? What are they like now? So that if I want to revert back to saying, wow, in sixth grade, this is what I thought of you, and look what you've become. You're an amazing person. Well, that's a different experience. So I want you to think about this. This affects our relationships as to how we may judge people. And it then also creates emotions that even though it may have, something may have happened with this person or this place or this thing or whatever it was, it could be 20 years ago. Your brain is quick to retrieve that feeling and to remind you of how you felt and all of a sudden you have a wash of that emotion of I suck, nobody likes me, I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm whatever it is that you felt back then, that person's bringing it up and all of a sudden you're rocketed back to that place. So this is where when we think about doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result, we have our brain to, th to think. It's not going to do new things for you unless you decide to do new things. It really is working very hard for you. So we don't want to follow our brain necessarily. We want to tell our brain what to do. So we want to say to our brain, hey, I want to feel happy today. And I'm choosing to be happy today. And your brain 
goes, oh, happy. Let's remind her of happy things. Or let's help her be happy. Let's work with the emotional realm and help her have more of that feeling. So this is where I want you to think about, wow, you really are in charge of this amazing mechanism in your head that is so committed to you, it's hard sometimes to believe. Because many times we think our brain is against us. We think our heart is against us, right? And what's happening is it's doing a lot of what we have taught it to do. And we have maybe believed perceptions or experiences that maybe are not true, but we have not been willing to go back and undo that perception. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about stop doing the same thing you're doing and expecting a different result. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Make sure you check out the website and all the podcasts that we have. As far as I have heard from my assistants, there's almost 500 podcasts out there. And so I want you to take advantage of those and really let this help you be the best version of you. And I want you to also think about how are you thinking about these holidays? How are you thinking about Christmas? about New Year's? And are you going to prepare yourself for that so that you don't do the same thing over and over again expecting to get a different result? And I know I have done the same thing. Sometimes I think, is this just a habit or what? Well, habits become very big superhighways in your brain. The more you practice the habit, the more efficient your mind, your heart, your body gets at doing that thing you're thinking. So we do this a lot with people that have weight issues. And we remind them, the worst thing you could say is, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, I'm so fat. Because what your body does is says, oh, she wants to be fat. So it adapts the metabolism. It changes some of the muscular structure. It doesn't want to burn calories as quickly. Now, I'm not saying this is not like magic. But part of how we help our body be the body we want it to be is to take care of it in the way we know it should be cared for, to think positive thoughts toward our body, and to really support our body. Well, our brain is a part of our body, right? And so we started out in the first segment. I talked about, you know, Albert Einstein's famous line, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Now, at this point in time, they're not really sure that he's the one that came up with that saying, but it does explain really well the reason we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Because what's happening is our brain is following our lead. So if I continue to think on something, it will start to make that thing happen for me, and it will start to point out to me all the ways and reasons that that's, that is true. So if we go back to the person that's overweight and they say, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, I'm so fat. Well, unconsciously then, they're going to start walking out that truth if they think it's true. And so they're going to mix up the fact that maybe it's not true. Maybe it just is a real feeling for me, but I can change the feeling. I don't have to stay feeling that way. I can resist that feeling. I can come against the feeling. 
I can say to myself, I'm going to change that way of thinking. I'm going to think in a different way. And that would be something like, my goodness, I haven't taken care of my body. And I love my body. And my body works so hard for me. I want to be friends with my body. And so if it's struggling with what I have eaten, that's not my body's fault. So I'm not going to hate my body. Maybe I'll hate the behavior. How about that? Maybe I'll just hate the behavior and say, you know what? I hate that behavior. I don't want to keep doing it. It's not getting me what I need, and I don't like it. So this is where we have this, this tremendous amount of knowledge now about the brain and neural nets in your brain. So what happens is this idea of doing the same thing over and over again, you need to take responsibility and understand that the more often you do it, your brain thinks that's what you want to do. So it begins to create a super highway to make it happen super efficiently. And it's doing it without even asking you anymore because you've thought it so many times. So let's, let's think about this idea of what we put into our mind. And, you know, I want to talk to all you cooks and chefs out there, which I am not one of, everybody knows. And I want you to think about what am I putting in this recipe inside of my mind? in my heart, in my body, what, what actually am I doing? So if I keep doing the same thing, I'm going to get the same result because my body thinks it's doing what I want it to do. It's just doing how it's made. So for, for you, I want you to say to yourself, it's okay for me to say, oh my gosh, I feel so fat. I'm so glad my body is helping me. You can say something like that. You turn that negative right into a positive. Or, you know, I feel so gross, or I don't feel good today, I feel ugly, and then I can say to myself, you know, it's a feeling, it doesn't make it true. Maybe it's just a bad day. Maybe I need to kind of say some kind things to myself, like, you know what, but you still showed up. Even though you feel gross, you still showed up. And that's a very adult thing to do. So Harvard business professor, his name is Chris Argris, and it's, called the ladder of inference. That's what he talks about. And it's kind of interesting. I liked what he was saying. And what he's saying is that we all walk through the ladder of inference. The challenge for us becomes not stepping into our emotional perceptions of someone's behavior, but looking at the observable behaviors exhibited by that person. Now, that sounds very clinical, I know. What, is that, what he's actually saying is when you're inferring things, you will then start to look for those things to justify the inference. So if you go to a party, you go to work, you go to a family event, you go to the grocery store, whatever it is, you look at someone, how they're dressed, and you go, well, of course, I know what that kind of person is like. And you infer things about this person. And then what happens is we stop even questioning the inference and we begin to think that it's fact. So now the next person we meet that might have similar traits, we're going to treat them the way that we think about the last person that we thought about, right? So this is what you want to say. You don't want to be quick to judge. Because if you are, then you make this immediate assumption that as we think on it, we begin to practice it. As we practice it, we become more efficient at it. And that truth then actually feels true instead of maybe asking ourselves if it's just real. 
It's kind of like me thinking that the light at the intersection is never going to change. Well, it's a feeling. I feel like I've been sitting here for 10 hours, right? What's the truth? If I will let time do its job, the truth is the light will change. And so this is where I want to be careful about what I'm feeling or past experiences maybe interrupting something or, or, or maybe causing it to, to experience it differently. I want you to think about these things because we can change the neural pathways that have been created in these superhighways. And so the now very efficient patterning of, patterning of our brain actually is mastered. And so we begin to master that organ. And this is where really super highly intense, you know, people that have really revolutionized their life or come up with really revolutionary ideas. This is part of what they do. So first and foremost, if you're, if you're getting those like barrages of thoughts and feelings and all those things, I want you to just first and foremost say, pause, pause, I'm going to pause. I can stop. And if I keep getting the thoughts, I can think on something new. And this is where that wonderful Bible verse that says, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. This is God knowing his design. He's saying, I know how you're made. If you keep thinking on it, you will do it. So this is where we, instead of trying to get our, our ability to control ourselves from the outside in, we're going to do it from the inside out. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this concept. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining in. And if you are just tuning in, you can also go to my website or to any of the podcast servers, and you can really download this show and be able to listen to it in its entirety. So we are talking about this idea of, you know, this one particular saying that we all know, and it's stop doing the same things over and over again, expecting to get a different result. Now, how many of us have done this and continue to do this? Well, I'm one of them. I don't know why. I know better. I, am, I have been educated in this. And I still think that somehow I can do it and I'll get the outcome that I want instead of the outcome that I know will come. And so I want you to think about this idea as we have been talking about neuronets and the way that our brain works and that instead of letting our brain tell us what to do, we need to rearrange that and tell and decide that we're the ones in charge and we tell our brain what to think. And so we were talking about this Harvard um, business professor that talks about the ladder of inference. And what that means is that it, it is a challenge, but it, it means stepping into our own emotional perceptions about someone or about their behavior. And it's really understanding that, hey, what am I inferring about this person? Now, this could also, we could use the word judgment. Am I judging this person? So what if you've seen someone that is really agitated in, in the uh, checkout line at the grocery store? 
And you're like, come on, calm down. We're all going to get through this. And they're making everybody upset and everybody else is getting anxious at this point. And what we come to find out, maybe if we knew the story, they have a really sick person at home and they're really worried because they had to leave them alone to run to the store. So what we want to say to ourselves is, hey, we want to be careful what we infer because as soon as we start to infer something, our brain believes it as truth and we will then act on it. So if people in the grocery store line let themselves believe something that's real and, and not even you know, anticipating that it might not be true, they're going to start having the same feelings that we're having and everybody in the grocery store line is upset. And I'm sure you've been in that situation. I have. People are looking around. They're rolling their eyes. They're making glances at each other. They're tapping their foot. They're going through their grocery cart, right? And instead of just relaxing and saying, hey, I don't know what's going on with this person. They wouldn't do this purposefully. Why would anyone do that on purpose? So we don't want to be quick to judge. And we want to make sure that we're practicing what we've talked about before, truth versus reality. And so things can feel very, very real, and man, they can be convincing. But it's our job to figure out if it's true, because here's what happened. This is where you get the fork in the road. I can go down real and believing everything about it, or I can go down the road of truth and be able to explore what is actually true. And we remind ourselves that God tells us that truth always sets us free. So I want to remind you that if you are believing something that's real and you're getting more and more upset and it's driving you crazy and you're actually starting to act like someone that is not yourself, you might want to say, I don't think this is uh, true. I think this is just real and I need to get a handle on my own body, my own mind, my own mouth. Because if this were actually true, I would calm down. And so this is where we want to make sure that we accept what's going on and we recognize that we've chosen to be where we're at and we can also leave at any time. So I want you to be thinking really carefully about this idea of instead of following the neural nets, I want you to be creating new neural nets. And those neural nets that you're creating will lead you to a kinder, gentler, softer, happier life. Doesn't mean we're changing the outside, we're changing the inside. So how do we change the neural pathways that have created these super highways that are now super efficient at patterning our brain? And this is where we want to think about this idea of pause. So we want to say to ourselves, I'm getting really agitated, I don't know what to do, I'm feeling like I have to, like, I'm going to explode. So I better breathe, get some oxygen to kind of, that oxygen helps to diffuse all that adrenaline, right? And we say, wow, what might be happening behind the scenes that I don't know with this person? Or have a conversation with the person clarifying what it is or, or what her comment or action might have meant. So we can say to someone at work, you know, I got a little frustrated with how you responded. Could you give me some information about why you responded that way? I'm curious. See, that's very different than why the heck did you talk to that person that way? And this is where we want to really give everyone a chance. 
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of stop doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm really glad that you have, and I'm wanting you to really take to heart the information that we're talking about today. So if you're just tuning in, make sure you go to your favorite podcast server and it will be on that. You can listen to it there. You can also find it on YouTube channels. You can find it on all the different media places that that we have. And I want you to really make sure that you check in with uh, me at the website because we also have some things that you can have that will really help you to understand even more what we're talking about. So today we're talking about the stop doing the same things over and over again and expecting to get a different result. And, you know, if you've heard about this idea, you probably had it attached to Albert Einstein. And that's the saying that he says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result. Now, there, there is some debate as to whether or not he actually said it. It really doesn't matter who said it. It's a really amazing concept. And so we want to take this to heart. We want to say to ourselves, you know, I may be getting angry at a lot of other people when I'm the one that's doing the same thing over and over again. I'm the one that's not learning. I'm the one that may not be changing. So I have to own that. I have to remind myself, hey, you know, I, I, I'm a grown adult. I'm not asking the world to be perfect so that I feel good. This is what we do for little kiddos. And this is the struggle we have with teenagers because they are having to learn that, that we're not adjusting the environment for them like we did when they were little. And so we have to practice this idea of understanding that when we practice a thinking process over and over, when we think on something over and over, it becomes real to us, and then we start to think that it's true. So we have to be very careful because we can do this physically, we can do it spiritually, we can do this emotionally, we can do this logically. So think about this idea that while I'm memorizing, memorizing that something should happen in a certain way, and when it doesn't, then I'm upset. And I have to say to myself, where did that come from? Where did I assume that that might be accurate? So when we think about this an analogy, that the way we think is very similar to superhighways. And you know the systems that our world has created so that we can get around it so quickly. It's amazing. So when we've researched these ways that, that the brain works, it's you, and you're wanting to be maybe in charge of your brain, which I'm hoping. I don't want you to be like the drivers that are distracted and impaired and arrogant and they refuse to learn how to navigate the highways or even the side streets or even, let's say, the parking lot, <laughs> right? So we want to all be safe. So thankfully, a greater entity than ourselves has designed your brain and wants you to use it wisely. And that's God. He is so brilliant. And he's designed our brain in such a way that if we use it appropriately, 
we will get through life in a much softer, gentler, kinder way. If we fight it, if we refuse to think on the things that will make positive superhighways in our brain, then we'll be chasing our tail. And it really will get very frustrating because you won't understand why things won't change. So our brains are incredibly resilient and they're able to learn and change if we will work with them and give them healthy and appropriate directives. So this is where I want you to think about this idea of what you think on is then created in your brain. And the more you think on it, you will get a super highway, which is a neural net. And that super highway is going to become so efficient that you won't even know how to undo that thought. So maybe we are quick to judge and then we make an immediate assumption that we now think on, then we end up practicing it and then we believe it's true. And so how do we change those neural pathways? Well, we talked about in the last segment, pause, we stop. We just simply say, wait a minute, I might need to check that thought because my brain doesn't have the ability to know the difference. It's just doing its job. I have to tell it, hey, that's not true. As we talked about with the anorexic in the last segment, I can tell them time and time and time again, hey, it's not true. You're not fat. You're almost dying because you're so emaciated. Now, are they going to believe? Which one do they want to believe? They need to decide to change the thoughts in their brain or they will not heal from an eating disorder. And they may eventually die from it. And so this is why our thoughts are so incredibly powerful and why I want you to recognize that when we say that saying of stop doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result, the tendency for us as humans is to think it's only in the natural, that it's outside of ourselves, And we forget that the place it emanates from is within. So we need to be mindful of how we think. Are you a lazy thinker? just letting your brain think whatever it wants to think and believing everything your brain is thinking? Are you challenging your thoughts or your feelings or assumptions and judgments? See, you need to be aware of and identify your neural net superhighways, the ones that you've created that you can go to without even thinking barely. So you've built them. You tend those highway systems. So keeping up to date and maintaining it in a way that we would like all of our own roads and highways and bridges and back roads to be cared for. So do you take care of your brain? Do you take your brain for granted and allow your brain to run roughshod in your inner world so that it's starting to decide for you how to think, how to react, how to stop, how to go, how to crave something, not crave something. It's the one now running the show instead of you being the driver of your own brain. So I don't want you to take your brain for granted and the roads and the highway systems that you're traveling in your mind every day. See, being responsible to control your reactions and taking advantage of the cleanup, the garbage crew of your brain and what they're attempting to do for you. So if we were to take that out and make it more, I don't know, more easy to understand, do you have a garbage crew that helps clean out your brain? Or is the garbage crew just like having a party? right? <laughs> Just going through the garbage, checking it out, thinking what it wants to throw away. I like this. I don't like this. Instead of you saying, 
hey, this is garbage and I'm throwing it away. If my brain brings it back to me, I'm going to remind it it's garbage. I'm not going to think on it. I'm not going to believe it. So we go back to the anorexic, right? Very, very strong neural net as to the fact that she's fat or he feels that he is actually fat. So when we change that, they, that person has to be committed to saying, that's a pathway I've learned and I can choose not to go down it. It feels comfortable, feels really true to me, really real as well. But am I going to believe it or am I going to change the road I go on? I have a choice. Do I follow the one that's the easiest or do I charter a new path? So are you overloading the highways in your brain with unnecessary trash, like negativity, assumptions? Maybe, you know, for example, you've been hurt by people and so now you automatically assume they're untrustworthy before you even get to know them. So this means you need to reroute the garbage truck and take the trash out of your brain. Again, that's why I I really liked this article that Susan Gibson wrote, because I like that idea. We need to reroute the garbage truck and take the trash out of our brain. Instead of you being the receptacle and saying, hey, you can dump all your garbage on me. Tell me anything you want to tell me. Tell me anything you want to tell me about me or other people or God or, you know, work or whatever it is, and I'll just take care of it. And so this is where... We want to say to ourselves, it's easy, certainly it's easier said than done, but it's well worth the work. I want you to be constantly cleaning out your brain the same way you do with your computer, the same way you do during the spring, maybe if you go through stuff in the house and you throw things away. You need to be consistently doing this internally. So I want you to understand how this works in your thought life, in your emotions and the relationships, including you. Because remember the triune we talk about, the me, myself, and I. How do I talk to me about myself? Those things that are so easy now to do because you've practiced them for so long. A great, a great example of this is, is addictions. Or the person that says to you, I don't know why I do this this way. I've just always done it like that. So I want you to make a list of the things you automatically do. For example, the phone rings And you see the name of the person and you automatically think, oh, I don't want to talk to them. I know what they're going to say. It's the same every time. It's not worth it. I'll just hang up. I'll send it to voicemail. Maybe it will continue to be the way for that person, but maybe you can do it differently. Maybe you can dismantle a neural net simply by doing it differently. See, this works with all habitual things, such as, you know, thinking that, wow, can I change it or can I not? So I don't want you to just float in the proverbial river, letting it take you wherever it goes, and then being frustrated with where you're at. I want you to recognize thinking is the strongest habit we ever make. And the bad habits that come along many times are rationalized by the original habits. So just just making a minor change or doing a little differently causes the brain to think and adjust and think differently. So if I say to myself, hey, I really don't want to do the laundry or I really don't want to make that call, then what I can do is I can say, maybe I can just take a moment and I can think about this. Can I handle this? If I don't like how the conversation's going, what might I say? I'm not locked into this. 
So this comes down to this idea of am I living versus existing? See, if I'm existing, I'm following my brain wherever it goes. If I'm living, I'm choosing. So I think the biggest distinction between living and existing comes from how much control you have over your own life and your own decisions. Where do you see control coming from? In general, someone who exists, you know, feels as if everything is outside of their control. While the someone else that's living, they know, they determine the path their life takes. They also know they can reroute themselves. If they took a wrong turn, they can come back. They don't have to just keep going in a bad direction. The other thing I want you to think about, people that are willing to rethink things, to say, I don't want to buy into that. I know where that's going to take me, even though it's really comfortable. Those people are the ones that are happiest, healthiest, and the ones we love to be around. Their life is working. I want your life to work, but you have to do the work. You have to own yourself. You have to own yourself enough to claim yourself and see you as very, very valuable and that you deserve the time and to not be a lazy thinker. Humans, the brain of humans is unbelievably crazy in its ability. I want you to take advantage of it and I want you to take care of it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. So excited to talk to you next week. Have a great week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.